Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Megan Wiseman. She is an intuitive mentor, a healer, a hypnotherapist, and the founder and owner of Power and Wisdom. Welcome, Megan. It is such a pleasure to finally get you here today. We have been trying for a while to get this booked, and so I am just so very grateful to have you here. How are you today? I am feeling so good. Excellent. Got all all ready for this with my dancing. (laughs) I love that. I am grateful to have you here. So with all of that being said, let's jump in. Now, all of these titles, we were just talking before we started recording. It's like you you have so many titles. It's like you don't know what to call yourself. And it's a lot of hats that you wear. It would seem that a lot of these hats are very closely tied together with one another, intertwined. So how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization to you? I love organization. I love structure. And so that is a priority to me. Obviously, as a business owner, you need to have structure and order and all the things. But then it's funny, if you are a healer intuitive, you have all this divine flow and inspiration and creation. So I feel like having a balance of both of those things has been really important to me and knowing when I'm too much in structure and strategy and when I need to be more into flow and intuition. So I think there's that feminine masculine balance in business that you're always trying to fill and where you need to line up. <laughs> Love it. What were you doing before you made the jump into entrepreneurship? My whole <laughs> life, I... Was very active, high achiever, went to college, became a teacher, and then I started having a family. So I stayed home with kids for probably 12 years. And by the end of that, we'll get into that later, I just was kind of a mess and lost myself and started my healing journey after many years of not even focusing on myself. And so how long have you been working in the entrepreneurial world as an intuitive mentor and healer? Yeah, I started coming into my gifts probably 2018. And I was learning that I had skills and abilities that I didn't realize. And I was practicing and using those and then decided I actually wanted to get trained in a modality hypnotherapy was something that I practiced and did for my own healing. And I was really good at it. It was just natural. I was like, this is a job. <laughs> I love this. And, and me and my friend were like, let's find a place where we can do this for real. So I got trained in 2019. I've been seeing clients one-on-one, which transformed into creating wonderful, beautiful programs and helping one-on-one and groups with all kinds of healing and therapeutic tools. And so I'm very curious to hear then what led you down the spiritual path and the work that you do? Did this journey of this type of work begin for you or get inspired through some of your own personal journey and struggles? Yes. So I've been a spiritual religious woman all of my life. So I've been taught to pray and read scriptures and do all of that. But I feel like my deeper spiritual awakening happened when my dad died. Okay. Uh, you know, usually something big and traumatic happens that makes you go deeper into your grief or your feelings. And I loved him. I still do. He's still yeah. around. He hangs around. We work together. Too. <laughs> But I didn't know at the time I was just in this deep, dark place. And I feel like he was guiding me and pushing me and trying to like, hey, girl, remember who you really are and what you came here to do. So after that, 
I was being led and guided to different healing modalities and classes and books. And I just started awakening this side of me that I didn't know it was there or I'd hidden for a long time. So I feel like that push from the spirit world has been keeping me moving through all of this. And it started probably eight years ago when he died. My personal struggles, he left and he was gone and there was grief there. But I think my personal struggles were that transition from being this super awesome, high achieving woman and doing all these great things in high school and college and accomplishing things and having a career. And then all of a sudden being a mom. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was really hard for me. I felt like all of my dreams and all of the things that I thought I was going to be were kind of sacrificed to raise kids. I lost myself. I was doing so much for everybody else. And I just felt like I wasn't going to be able to do what my little girl heart wanted to do in this world. But then as my kids have gotten older and I've started to come into my own gifts and abilities, I realized that was just a phase and a part of my life where I just needed to focus on my family. But now I can do both things. I can have a family and I can go accomplish and help other people in the world. But I needed that journey to kind of lose myself in order to come back and find myself again. It was part of the story and struggle. I see it all clearly now in the middle. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) But I see it now clearly why it needed to be that way. And so how did you get through those struggles and who did you have to turn to or what did you have to turn to for support to help you get through all of that? Yes, I love that question. So Personally, I have always had a deep connection to God, to Christ. I've had always loved angels. So the first part of my journey, I didn't really know about healers and all these alternative medicine and all of that. My first part of my journey, it was just learning how to be deeply connected and use meditation to get into my own heart and to be led and guided by like, God and angels and my own spiritual guidance. But then as I was going into that, I realized there's so much more that we can learn, not just within a religious context. There is all kinds of healing and healers and lessons about energy and our spirits and our soul that just added to what I'd already known and felt. So I definitely was exploring all kinds of different alternative people. I went to different healers, mentors. I went to all kinds of classes and courses. And then I was just so excited to learn all the things. It was like all these things that I didn't know existed. And then all of a sudden, this whole new world was opened up to me. And obviously, I'm meant to do this. So of course, I was so excited to study all the things. But I definitely needed to do my own work first, heal a lot of the things that were keeping me from being able to really step into my own abilities and my own intuition. And every time I heal, and even now, even as I heal or I let go of old patterns or old feelings or own beliefs about myself, I can feel myself getting stronger. I can feel my gifts getting stronger. I can feel my connection, my energetic connection building and growing. So I feel like that healing journey is so important for us to go through ourselves as healers because it strengthens us and gives us compassion and it helps us be better at what we do. And then we get stronger in our own abilities. So using my divine connection and also just all the wonderful tools and and knowledge out there to study and learn. So my heart and my mind, I guess, help me get through it. How have these experiences then helped shape the Megan you are today, do you think, both personally and professionally? Mm, Yes. So I feel like most importantly is this healing has helped me unveil or uncover my true identity. So I thought I was this person. I had all these ideas about who I was and what the world told me and how I was supposed to live and what I was supposed to do. But unveiling all that limiting and all those lies and all those fears and feelings that have been keeping me from truly being in alignment with who I really am. So I feel like clearing out the clutter has helped me get in more connection to my own identity, not just God, not just a savior, not just angels, but 
my own divinity and who I am? I don't even remember the question. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I just started going. Who knows? That's okay. We'll just go with that. That's all right. What was one of the biggest or most valuable takeaways or lessons for you through your experiences, through your struggles, do you think? Most valuable lesson? The most important thing I learned and probably the first tool I learned, and I'm going to teach people that in a minute when you talk about that, is learning what my heart's yes and no feels like, what it feels like to get a yes and it an answer, a spiritual answer inside my body. So using my body as a tool to receive divine messages, that is the most valuable thing I've learned. Yeah, we talk about spirit and soul and all this, but our body was created to be the tool to use the soul and bring out all those things into this physical world. So I think embracing my body, which I did have a lot of body shame and hate and all this. And when I had all that, you can't embrace your body and use it as the spiritual tool if you're hating on yourself and telling yourself how awful you are and la la la. So that was one of the things I had to heal in order to embrace my body as the tool to receive spiritual guidance to be that conduit of divinity. And so the most valuable thing is learning how to use my body to be a spiritual tool for receiving When really realized that you had the gift of being a healer and intuitive, and did you struggle internally at all to understand and realize the gifts that you had, or was it fairly easy for you to embrace? So when I first started playing around with my healing, it was all for me. It was really easy. Oh, what's in my heart? Who am I connected to? Who do I need to help? And I was doing a lot of this work internally and connecting with lots of angels and ancestors. I did all kinds of ancestral healing, connecting to them, seeing what I was holding that was theirs and all this generational stuff. But it was all for me. So that was really easy. I think the hard part came when I was afraid of what everybody else was going to think about it. Right. And it's all this fear. Oh, I'm going to go tell the world that I can tap into angels and connect to your ancestors. And what are they going to think? Who's going to be like, crazy. You know, (laughs) that was the hard part is when I had to take it from me just working on me to the world. This is what I do. This is what I am. And I've had to heal a lot of fear around stepping out and being seen and heard in my gifts. And that is a definitely a generational thing with women and healers yeah, and all the things. Yeah. So, so that was probably, it was easy for me to embrace it for myself. But then when I had to share it, I've had to do a lot of healing work and I've helped a lot of others through those same fears. So I know why I had to do it myself is because I knew that one day I would have to help lots of healers overcome their fears of being seen and heard. Yeah. But yeah, it's been fun and it's been this practice of learning and expanding and growing and loving it. And then also not being afraid to share that with other people. Love (laughs) it. When did you really embrace your gift and start to use it to help people? I feel like I got confident when I gave myself a hypnotherapist title. I don't know. That's probably my ego. (laughs) Once I've been trained in this modality, now I can heal people. That really helped. It helped me feel like, oh, okay, I have a modality that I can go tell people this is what I do. And it's not just my angels taught me how to heal. (laughs) It felt, okay, I have this. And it also, when I became trained as a hypnotherapist, all of the energy and the study and the heart and all that stuff, it felt like that was balancing, knowing how it all worked in your mind and then how it all dumps into your heart. It connect those very two important pieces of ourselves I could use people's minds to help them process pain and suffering and then also help them move into the heart and process the feelings that were aligned with the thoughts that they were having. I felt like I did a little personal study on the heart and energy and then all of a sudden I had this piece of the mind and then I could bring those two together and it was like, okay, now... Let's get started helping other people. I want to speak a little bit more about your journey as a healer. I've heard many people say that we as human beings have all the tools we need within us to help in healing ourselves. Is this something that you subscribe to and believe in? Yes. Oh, I love this question. And this kind of goes along with how I discovered 
that I am a healer. Like I didn't, (laughs) oh, I'm a healer. When I was coming through my own spiritual discovery and I was in meditation, one day I was like, why am I learning all this? What's the point? I I wasn't an intuitive healer person yet. I was just this mom trying to figure out who I am and why I'm so excited about all this healing stuff. And so I asked, I said, who am I? And I had this beautiful vision. I get chills every time I say this visual of this warrior and she had wings, she had armor and she was soaring through the air. She was graceful and powerful. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. (laughs) And I was like, holy cow, this is my higher self. This is my spiritual identity. I'm more than this little mom trying to figure out how to heal my heart. I have this divine identity. I am this warrior. I am this healer. And I knew that it was more than just the warrior. I was seeing myself in some spiritual battle long ago in the heavenly realms where I was helping warriors who had fallen and I was pulling them out of the battle and I was healing them. And then I was helping them get back into the battle. And for me, that visual, when I see that now, it's like, how symbolic is that of the work I'm doing right now? Too, I brought my spiritual warrior healer into human existence. And now I'm going and finding people who are wounded and healing them so they can go back into the battle. And So when I was like, oh my goodness, that's who I really am. It was like, (laughs) oh, how do I bring that into this world? And so it's been this discovery of, okay, this is my spiritual identity. And now God put me in this body to bring these healing gifts to this world. What does that look like? How does that come into human existence? And how am I supposed to help people heal them and get them back into battle? (laughs) Love it. I'm always curious about this and Love hearing different people's thoughts and opinions on it. Do you believe that everybody on this planet has the spiritual gifts and ability to be a healer, to be an intuitive and tap into those gifts within? And it's just a matter of having the right guidance on how to do it or figuring out how to tap into it. Oh, for sure. I feel like all humans are healers. So I'm like, I'm an intuitive healer, but really... (laughs) I'm just the guide that helps you find what needs to be healed within you. Our human design is to heal. And many of us just haven't tapped into what needs to be healed, or we don't know exactly how to get to where that needs to be done or how it needs to be done. So yes, we were all spiritual beings first, and we're in these bodies, and we're learning to discover how to help ourselves transcend all of the gunk that's inside of us so that we can rise into higher levels and eventually, I believe, become divine beings ourselves. So it's transcending all that human stuff that's within ourselves from our ancestors and all the things so that we can rise higher into those states. And our body was designed to do it. So yes, we all have that healing ability. Sometimes we just need to go to some friends and helpers to get us there. I still do. I go find my people and I'm like, I'm a mess. Come help yeah. me. Yeah. You know? But we all need guidance. I think it was designed that way, that we would need yeah. each other to rise. So we're not just, I will do it to myself. We can't, we can't do anything by ourselves. We need help. We are so in need of connection. And yes. that healing connection is the most powerful. And I know for myself personally as a healer, anyone who comes to me, there's something within me that's resonating with, with what needs to heal. So as one person's guiding another person, we are all rising together. It's absolutely, it's, it's, we all won, right? We all talk yeah. about one. So as one person heals, we all heal. So it's this beautiful connection that we have when we're healing. Love that. Now you're trained in multiple areas and modalities. Can you speak a bit about that and how you incorporate these into your work with your clients? Yes. So I talked about how I've learned to use my heart to connect to divine people, guides, and angels. So that is something I've learned through my own deep meditation. And I can get answers and connect to people's spirits. And I can connect to their spirit guides. I can connect to ancestors that are hanging out. And it's kind of like this huge teamwork. And it's hard to explain to someone who's never experienced it. That's the intuitive part. That's the heart-centered part is letting my heart guide me to what we need to do, receiving divine guidance to what's the next step. Sometimes I'll go into a session and I'll be like, 
yeah, I've never done this before. So we're going to call in some help and I'll, <laughs> I'll be calling in, hey, ancestors, hey, angels, what do we need to do? This is new yeah. experience. So I love that heart-centered divine guidance, the intuition where you sometimes aren't always trained and know everything and it's okay to help someone heal in a whole new way. And that's actually fun. I love it when new things happen. I'm like, <laughs> what do we get to learn today that I've yes. never done? So that's a heart-centered part. And then obviously the mind. I love actually knowing how the subconscious influences the thoughts and influences the feelings. So diving into somebody's emotion and then discovering where that memory was created and why they started believing it. I just love diving super, super deep into people's subconsciouses. And that's the hypnotherapy part is like, yeah. where did you decide that it wasn't okay to be yourself? Or where did you realize that this, whatever this they- pattern started. These yeah. patterns that started. Yeah. So that's the fun part is the mind and then connecting into the emotion that's inside that and leading them through it. So many people are afraid to just move through it. And I just love creating a safe space for someone to dive into some, I've heard some of the most awful stories, but allowing that person to go back into that memory, see it differently, process all those awful things, and then come out on the other side, lighter, free from all those feelings they thought they would never be able to get through on their own. That's another thing. Beautiful. One last thing. Mm -hmm, yeah. I'm like, you, and then the body, I love reading people's bodies. So I'll have people come to me and say, I'm having this really tight feeling in my shoulder and the back. And we'll dive into what is your body trying to tell you? The body has pain signals for all kinds of things. And even emotions. If you haven't dove into the emotion, eventually it will manifest itself physically. So I love taking people deeper into the body and what it's trying to tell them. And then finding that energetic emotional route to what's going on inside and then using all the other tools. So sometimes it can come as your body's trying to talk to you and tell you something and diving into that to find the answers. Well, stress and emotions manifest themselves in disease in the body, right? That's what it is. Yes, that disease is definitely manifest. And so, yeah, I always recommend people take care of the physical part and yeah. go to the doctor, do the vitamins, do the exercise, all the things, but there is just that emotional energetic element that is such a part of our healing process. And I think more and more people are coming aware of that. And so it's- Yeah, they're waking up to that. Absolutely. Yes. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately to start shifting their mindset and incorporating their healing and intuitive gifts into their lives and utilizing them to shift and change their lives? I was like, one. I was like, <laughs> the one thing that has changed my life, I don't know if it answers all those things, is learning what my intuitive yes and no is. So that is what I call it, my intuitive yes and no. So when I first began, I was led to go to my heart and learn what that yes and no are. So I would just take them through a little exercise right now. Yeah, sure. So if I were you and you were sitting there and you're trying to figure out what your yes and no is, I love to keep people in their deepest, most calm, quiet space. So you would get in the quiet space, you would clear the thoughts, take a few deep breaths and connect to the body, connect to the mind, connect to the heart and just clear away anything from the day. So many people who listen to you probably already have a meditation practice. So in your meditation practice, just get in that really quiet, calm, clear space. And then ask yourself questions. That's my favorite thing is just being curious. That's the way I've learned most of my thing is through questions. And the question I ask is, what is my yes? What is my yes? And I had to do it tons of times because yeah. I, I was a mess at that point. But some of these people here might have more clear souls than I did. I had to ask a lot, but your body will reveal to you what your yes is that feeling of expansion. It could be a thought. You could see the word yes in your mind. You could have some kind of thought or word come to you. You could have a visual. You could see a certain color or certain image. So for me, I'm a, like kinesthetic. I teach all about this. I'm a kinesthetic. And so I feel it. My yes feels like this expansive heart, just energy moving up. And so I just started tapping into that energy. Every time I asked a question, I could feel the yes. So if you have a yes, you also want to know what your no is. So you get into that same space and 
you quiet everything and then you ask yourself, what does no feel like? So that could be a feeling, it could be a thought, it could be a visual, but depending on your intuitive sense strength. But that tool of knowing my yes and no, I use it every single day. I use it in every single session. I use it when I'm making business decisions. I use it when I'm asking, what should I do for my kids? I've used it to help find intuitive messages. It's just invaluable. There are so many different things I teach about how to use the yes and no, but having the yes and no and practicing and playing with it is the most powerful thing I've ever experienced. And I love teaching people how to use that. So there you go. Go practice using your (laughs) yes and no. I actually had the thought when I was saying that, make sure that you are grounded into your body. Make sure your soul is connected because then it just feels foggy and blah. So you have to do some clearing and connecting before you actually are able to be in tune with your yes and no. (laughs) So don't get mad at yourself if it's struggle at first or it's not working. There may be just some interference that needs to be cleared out until that message is. And sometimes mine gets really tired as I can't do this anymore. You just need to sleep. Your body is tired. It's not going to always be perfect tool. We are humans. We do have needs that need rest. So the soul, soul can come through. But that is my tool. I was like, People need to know how to do that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Megan. How and why did you decide to get trained in hypnotherapy specifically and add that to your toolbox? Yes. So I went to a hypnotherapist. That was my first experience with hypnotherapy. I did do a hypnos... Like what's when they do the entertainment when I was 18? Oh, the hypnotists? Yeah. On stage, yeah. I did that. And I always laugh about that now. I'm like, who knew? I didn't even know what a hypnotherapist was. And at 18, I went to this hypnotherapist show and I went on stage and did all the things and everything. (laughs) So that wasn't it. And that's not the same thing as hypnotherapy. So- my first experience was actually going to a hypnotherapist and doing the session. She's, wow, you are good at this. You process this so quick. And I was like, I love this. This is amazing. I need to do this for other people. It helped me so much that I was like, I want to help other people to be able to do it. And I had so many gifts and abilities, but I didn't know how do I guide someone else through it? So when I saw her doing that for me, I'm like, bingo. That's how you do it. (laughs) That's how it's done. So then all of a sudden I knew, okay, this is something I could use to help guide other people to do what I'm doing for myself. I'm so good at my own meditation and angels and guides and all the, the, but how am I going to teach somebody else to do that? Oh, I get them into a deep state of meditation and into their memories, into their imagination, guiding them through the process. If I can help someone else do that, then I can teach them the things I've been learning. So it was this like, ding, ding, like God was like, here you go. This is what I need you to do. And this is how you can do it. So that was it. As mentioned, you're the owner and founder of Power and Wisdom. Can you speak a little bit about your business, when it was founded, and where you see it going in the next few years? What are your plans? Yes, plans. I founded my business before I became a hypnotherapist. I just knew, I was like, there's something I'm meant to do with this. I'm not just this healing warrior for no reason. And God didn't (laughs) tell me this if I wasn't supposed to do something awesome in this world. And one of my mentors that was helping me said, what are some powerful words that you love? And I'm like, I love power. My name is Wiseman. So (laughs) wisdom. And so I chose power and wisdom and not knowing like how that would play into my business. Looking back, I'm like, this is the perfect name for me. I'm so glad I chose it because now... I am bringing people into their power by diving into all their wounds and helping them find wisdom. And more importantly, wisdom is the name for the divine feminine or our heavenly mother. So even more and more, I'm learning that my gifts and abilities are here to help other women step into their divine feminine power and create a connection to that divine mother and that goddess energy that has been kind of suppressed and hidden from our world. So learning that my name means power and wisdom is symbolic of, oh, that feminine energy, that wisdom that this world is needing. So I created an intuitive course where people come and learn their intuition. And I've been doing that for a couple of years and it kind of came to a stop. And all of a sudden I was like, why am I being led to do something different? And that's what I've been working through the last few months is 
working in that divine feminine leadership. And that is where this is going. I am creating a new book and a membership and divine feminine leadership mastermind where we will come in, work through our wounds and discover our wisdom and really create that harmonizing balance between the feminine and masculine. There is so much in society and in ourselves that has been programmed to hide and to suppress all that femininity and all that ancient wisdom. And that's my story. I was too afraid to show all of that. But now as I'm stepping into it and feeling the power of that and aligning more with my femininity, I realize that is exactly what the world needs right now. We need more feminine leaders who we're not trying to be like men. We don't want to be men. We want to be women in our feminine power in our gifts and abilities and not be afraid to share that. That's what the world is missing is that imbalance of these women who are safe and secure in their power and able to work in alignment with the masculine, which I love that I'm on the podcast with you because it's like (laughs) you do that for women. You are here to be that masculine support and encouragement for women and be the man because some of us have been like, Men and women, but that's not how it's going to work. And it needs to be in harmony and balance. So helping women find that balance within themselves, heal the wounds that have created by the masculine energy and the masculine society so that they can finally feel safe in their own spiritual. The patriarchy needs to be burned to the ground. And (laughs) we need to, seriously, we need to stop with this masculine versus feminine bullshit. Enough of that. I mean, yes, of course, we have to acknowledge what women have had to deal with and what women have had to put up with 100%. But let's not live there. Let's move past it. Because if we stay stuck there, we're not going to get anywhere. So if we would just learn, I think, to come together as human beings, never mind the masculine versus feminine. We all have masculine and feminine within us, men and women. So let's just get past it, come together and unite as human beings. And this way we're going to get so much more accomplished in this world. And we are so much stronger united. More men need to start stepping up and saying, I'm here. I see you. I hear you as a woman. And we're allies. We stand shoulder to shoulder. No more of this competition bullshit. There's no need for it. Let's get past it and just unite as human beings. And then the world will be so much more better off. It'll be a much better place and a much happier place. We'll get so much more done. Oh my goodness. I love everything you just said. Yes. And I love that you were like, it's in all of us. Yeah. That masculine and feminine energy comes from the feminine and the masculine that created us. So Exactly. Boys are conditioned and taught that not to show their feminine side, not to cry, not to be emotional. So there's one of the problems right there is we need to shift that as parents who are raising boys. And we also need to shift how girls are raised too. Girls are not meant to just as back when I was growing up, I was like, girls just sit there be quiet, be pretty. That's it. That's enough. Let's just fucking get past all the, let's break the shackles of the conditioning and all the bullshit, the social, the parental, the religion, all of it. Let's just fucking come together finally and just rise together. That's it. Amen. I love that. (laughs) Totally. We're on the same page. No wonder we were brought together. (laughs) (laughs) So, You say, and you were just talking about it a little bit, that you feel called to help women step into their divine feminine power and to heal the divine feminine wounds so that they can embrace the divine masculine within and around them. Why is this mission so personally important to you? Because I've had all those wounds. I'm working through them currently and recognizing so many things about myself that have been wounded. I'll share a little story. I was working in in my own session. We're going personal here. And I was trying to figure out where did this... Why did I start feeling like I wasn't safe to be this feminine leader or this spiritual woman? And I had this visual. I'm a religious person. I've been raised and gone to church my whole life. And I've loved that. But when I was a little girl, I had this visual and I was just kicking my little Sunday shoes. And all of a sudden I just saw up on the stand, there was all these men. They were leading, they were talking, they were using the power of God. They were doing all these amazing things. And I was like, oh, so if you want to be a leader, if you want to teach, if you want to use your spiritual power in this world, you need to be like a man. So at that moment is where I implanted the seed that, okay, it's not okay to be a woman and express my spirituality. I guess this world doesn't really accept that or it doesn't allow for that. So I guess I'm going to hide my feminine 
truths and the spiritual leader that I am. I don't think she knew all that, but I see it now. And I'm going to try to be more like a man because that's what this world allows. And so I was just bawling. I'm like, that's where this little girl decided. And I'm not the only one. I don't hate religion. I don't hate intuitives. I'm kind of in both worlds trying to make peace with that spirituality that can be created in lots of ways. But that little girl inside decided it wasn't safe and it wasn't okay. And so maybe I just need to be different and I need to be something else. Because in my heart, I know that I'm meant to lead. I'm meant to speak and I'm meant to use my power, but I can't do it like a woman. I need to do it like a man. So all this healing has been trying to help me get back into that feminine power so that I can lead as a woman with my voice, with my spiritual power, and not feel like that's not accepted and not okay in our world. And actually this world needs more of that. So that's why? Because that's just one example. I've seen it in my marriage. I've seen it in my culture. I've seen it in women in the society that we live in. Yeah. All over. It's because oh. it's all part of the conditioning. I think that, again, the patriarchy needs to be burned to the ground. I think that <laughs> women deserve to be in positions of authority in this world. Look at what the patriarchy has done to the world. Look at the state of the world right now. It's a fucking disaster. So why don't we have women stepping into positions of authority? They certainly, I can guarantee you, they're not going to fuck it up any more than it already is. It can only go up from here. So why aren't we lifting women up and supporting more women and having more women in positions of authority? It's necessary. We need to do this for the betterment of the world, for the betterment of the collective. It's so important. We need to shift the way we're thinking. Yes. And I feel like that's why there's such a spiritual rising of women because all things are created spiritually before they are physically. So this rising of the spiritual movement of healing our own feminine wounds and healing all of the generations of suppression and persecution, it's going to happen spiritually within ourselves before we see it manifest physically in the world. So it may not look like they're out. Maybe we're not always like marching in parades and you know, running for office yet, but there are women doing, which I love. Yeah, A lot of like me is that spiritual creation of the healing and the balance and the leadership happening so that it can start manifesting more fully physically in the, the world that we see. Yeah, absolutely. How does traditional spirituality differ from spirituality that honors the divine feminine? I love this. Okay. Yes. I feel like traditional spirituality, at least me, my culture, it's all a lot of knowledge based, you know, learn, study this, go to this thing, be in this place, a lot of doing and learning it from here and understanding, which is very important piece. Learning like the word, learning and doing all those things, serving and following all the rules and everything. That is like a traditional spiritual way of doing things. I feel like for me, the piece that's been missing is that actual feeling that experiencing the divine within you, you are divine and you have divine power within you. And it's not necessarily always outside, like someone greater, bigger, higher power. I believe in all that too. And it's also coming in balance with weight. I am one with that power. I am a spark of the divine. I am an extension of God. And all of that is in me. So allowing you to be that expression of God, expressing your abilities and your powers, being a channel for God to bring more light, to bring more power to this planet. It's very personal and internal, right? Feminine is all inside. Masculine is outside. That internal spirituality that is within each of us that maybe hasn't always been noticed or practiced in the past. And it's becoming more and more important. And people are seeking that and finding that. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Megan? First of all, that I'm not doing it on my own. (laughs) I'm definitely being divinely led or else it probably would have given up. Entrepreneurship isn't the easiest. It's the most challenging thing I've done. It requires a lot of moving out of your comfort zone and 
every step I've always turned and when things aren't working the way I think, or it's hard, I've always turned to, okay, what's the next step? Where do I need to go? So I feel like having that divine connection and not believing it's my power and my business and me and is really helpful because I'm just a human trying to do what I've been led to do in the best ways. My actual work, I feel like we've talked a little bit about what I do, is that deep connection with the heart, being led, being open to learn, not knowing that I know everything, but being open to receive new and real guidance daily and being dedicated to empowering others. It's not really me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the voice and the the leader and I'm the one here, but I really want other people to do. I don't want to do it all for you. I want to teach another person so that they too can be in connection with the divine, being led by their intuition, feeling their power. If I am like, here I am and I will teach you all the things. No, I want to lead you to be your own leader, your own teacher, your own healer and receive that guidance. I'm just trying to think. Oh, and also mm -hmm. I just feel like I have a large divine army of angels. I love mm -hmm. angels and I do a lot of work with them. So feeling like I'm not alone and that I'm being led and guided with my huge team gives me so much more power to do so much more because I feel so supported in that spiritual realm. I'm learning and really opening myself up to do that more physically because I'm really good at my spirit team. Right now, I'm in the process of creating a physical human spirit, spiritual team. So I feel like that has really helped me move forward. Yeah. My superpower is that all that divine connection. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? <sighs> Oh, it used to be, I'm this amazing person running an empire and have all the things, right? <laughs> That's probably what maybe I thought that this was all going to be when I started. I love that and I'm excited to be a participant in building a beautiful empire. But I think it's actually, the success comes in enjoying the progress. Like, I, if I'm always looking for this is what I will, when I'm this, then I'll be successful. <laughs> then I'm never going to be happy. So I think enjoying the process and everything that I'm learning and all, all the growth that's happening right now and being happy where I'm at right now and seeing the success that's happening in the moment is success to me because Love it. I feel like I'm always trying to reach something Yeah, and more and more I'm like, no, right now where you are is successful. You are doing good. You are doing good enough. And if I have that attitude, then more success is always going to come. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're obviously an advocate for women and women's empowerment. I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses currently. Mm. I feel like a lot of people are being drawn, well, a lot of women drawn to entrepreneurship and maybe not for the reasons they think. I came into entrepreneurship because I was like, yeah, I'm going to change the world. And those are things I am going to do. But I really believe entrepreneurship for women allows them to step into their creative self, allows them to progress faster than if they were doing anything else. Because you are always creating, you are always challenging yourself, you are always reaching new levels of you. Yeah. And it's just always pushing you to become more and be more. So I think entrepreneurship is this beautiful thing where you think you're going to change the world, but in actuality, it's going to change you <laughs> while you change the world. But yeah. I think that's the beautiful paradox or whatever you yeah. call it, that entrepreneurship is for anyone, but especially women. And we always haven't had the opportunities to right. like own land, run a business. So we're all stepping into this. Our ancestors are like, go <laughs> we never had that chance. And so yeah. we need to step into new territories and be a whole new world of opportunities for women. Because yes, the world has been, but there is so much progress and so much we can do. So we have to celebrate how far we've come as a society and that we do have so much more opportunity. And in that, let's have freedom to create amazing businesses and change people's lives. Absolutely. Are you seeing a shift then in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship? And if so, why do you think that is? Yeah, well, that's where I hang out, right? It's with <laughs> yeah. all the leaders and healers and entrepreneurs. I think for the reasons I just said is that I feel like there's a lot of women who are coming into this world with lots of power and purpose who know they have things to do 
and entrepreneurship and businesses are a place where you can freely create and have freedom to step into that creativity and do so much with the world. So yeah, a lot of women are excited to have that freedom to create and, and do amazing things in the world. What do you think is one of the most significant barriers to female leadership? My life's purpose. <laughs> uh, overcoming the limiting beliefs that have been placed on ourselves, things that we've created for ourselves, and those limits that keep us small and keep us hidden and keep us not allowing ourselves to be seen in ourselves. And also those cultural societal barriers that have been placed around yeah. us or in us, whatever. <laughs> Being a women's empowerment advocate, what do you do to empower yourself? That is so good, right? Because I'm all, oh, let's empower the world. I feel like that keeping in alignment with higher guidance and always having that practice. I could get up out of dead, run, do, check all the lists, do all the boxes. I've done that. <laughs> And things just don't align or go the way I want because I think I'm just going to do it. And it's me, powerful me. As soon as I lose that deeper connection to my higher guidance, my intuitive, you know, do this, do that, it feels harder. It feels less. It feels not fun. <laughs> I lose the spark and the joy. So having a time and a practice of continually connecting, clearing out fears, worries, doubts, uh, all the things, and getting back into that space of peace, trust, faith often. So that usually comes to me in my practice of meditation. If I'm doing some musical dance, I do a lot of dancing and singing, things that get me connected to my joy, to my spirit, to my soul. That is how I feel empowered is really deep body soul connection. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Creative. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Divine connection to self and spirit world. What's one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? I want to heal the whole world. <laughs> That's a lofty goal. <laughs> but with your army that you're building, it's possible. That's right. It's not myself. That's right. What is your favorite self-care practice? Meditation and music. What never fails to make you laugh? Dance parties with my younger daughter. <laughs> that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is the one thing you could not live without and why? That was a hard one. My family obviously my faith. And then if there's just the thing that I love words, <laughs> I know that's a weird thing. It's not like something, mm. but I love the ability to express and create and let someone know how you feel, hear what someone else is feeling. And the words give us power to do that. So yeah. I love words. <laughs> okay. What challenge in your life, Megan, has shaped you the most? It definitely is having children Next to entrepreneurship, I guess, having children has brought me to see myself in them. They're little reflections of who I am outside of me. So I see the good that they are. I see the difficult things and I have to time blame myself for those. So my children have definitely helped me find what needs to heal within me, help me love myself and them, forgive myself and them, and... I think I've learned a lot of lessons from my mothering. <laughs> what is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Enjoy the process of your progression. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. All the ups and downs are part of the experience and maybe not even enjoy it. Be okay with mm -hmm. the times that are amazing and it's okay when times are rough and that it's just going to always flow and it's just part of the process. <laughs> What is something surprising you've learned about yourself in the last year? Definitely my deep feminine wounds. Like I thought I had done so much healing work and I was on my way. <laughs> it's amazing how I found new levels and layers that need to heal. And I know why, because I'm going to help others through their own feminine wounds as well. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? 
Yes. I love this question. It's so hard, but I would choose someone who's from long ago, but I choose Mary Magdalene. I, I knew know. you were going to say that. I did knew you? It. Yes, Looking I did. Using your intuition. I knew it. <laughs> I love it. So I believe she is just this beautiful, powerful woman that hasn't been displayed in the way she needs to be. I feel like she had a deep connection to Christ. I love Christ and I love his work and mission on the earth. I feel like she had a deep connection with him. She was a companion with him. She had a message. She had a mission. I feel like her story was suppressed and the truth about her hasn't been told. And I would love to hear her version and what she experienced, the lessons she would teach. And I would just have so much fun hanging out with her and chatting (laughs) and learning about what she did and how she learned from Christ in her life. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Be more kind to yourself. (laughs) Just let her know that she's good enough and and know who she really is. Lastly, Megan, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Hmm... Oh, my favorite questions. Remember who you are and why you came here. I mean, that's so cliche. It's all within you. Remember that connection to the divine that has always been there and that you are that connection between heaven and earth and just allowing that power within you to start to show and not be afraid to be that person that you came here to be, to discern the darkness and the lies that keep you from shining brighter, from stepping into that power and hold tight to the truth so that you can be that beautiful human that you were created to be. (laughs) Beautiful. Megan, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. It has been an absolute pleasure having the opportunity to sit down and speak with you and share in your journey through this life that we are going through and all the beautiful work that you're doing and you're shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world. Thank you for just being you and for being part of the Empowerography community. And I just appreciate you. You're truly an inspirational woman. So thank you for all that you're doing and all that you are. Thank you for having me and letting me express my (laughs) my pleasure and my honor. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Megan Wiseman. She is an intuitive mentor, a healer, a hypnotherapist, and the owner and founder of Power and Wisdom. Thanks so much, Megan. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.